Yeah. You know the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall he teach us to themselves, having itching ears, and they shall turn away from their ears from the truth, and they shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things endure affliction through the work of an evangelist, making full proof of our ministry. <laughs> Let's go! People deceive, yep, people confuse, yep, they go to church, but they don't eat with the truth. Second Timothy, chapter 4, Second Timothy, chapter 4, Second Timothy, chapter 4, Second Timothy, chapter 4. People deceive, yep, people confuse, yep, they go to church, but they don't leave with the truth. Second Timothy, chapter 4, Second Timothy, chapter 4, Second Timothy, chapter 4, Second Timothy, chapter 4. I'm sick and tired. Greetings, everybody. This is Marcus Staples, your servant in Jesus Christ, coming to you with another edition of Unpacking the Theology, the show that unpacks the reason behind the rhyme in Christian hip-hop. As promised, we're going to keep up with our theme of false teaching. On this episode, we're going to be unpacking Jovan McKenzie's track, 2 Timothy chapter 4, from his album, Isaiah 6 Complex. We have a lot to go through, so hold on tight. Before we get into it, though, I want to touch on the topic of false doctrine. Now, there are a lot of people out there who would cringe when I say the word false teacher or false doctrine or somebody's teaching falsely. That kind of verbiage is taboo. It's, it's something that people don't want to hear. And the reason is, is because the philosophy of our day and age is postmodern. And postmoderns believe that there is no absolute truth. Or that if there is absolute truth, that it is unknowable. That we can't know it. So you'll hear things like, well, what's true for you is true for you, and what's true for me is true for me. You can't judge me because my belief is different from your belief. All truth in a postmodern mindset is subjective. It comes from inside the person. So it's affected by everything from where you were born, when you were born, how you're feeling that day, what the weather is like, even what you ate last night. There is no standard by which to measure anything because there is no standard. That's why if you have a discussion with the postmodern, you'll find that all of their viewpoints are inherently skeptical. They don't argue to prove something, but they argue to disprove it. It's all about deconstructing an argument. It's all about tearing down. If you say, there's a God, they'll argue, there is no God, you can't prove it. If you say there's no God, they'll say, well, what about this, this, and this? They don't have a position. Their position is, I have no position. That's the postmodern mindset. But this mindset is opposite of what scripture teaches. Scripture teaches that truth is found outside of yourself. It's objective, not subjective, which is found within yourself. All truth has its foundation in God. And God has given us his word so that we can know his truth. Therefore, truth isn't based on how I'm feeling, or what I feel a prompting from from God, it's all written down in plain black and white text. If you call yourself a Christian, then you must agree to this fact, because scripture says that this is truth. Therefore, we must subject ourselves to the standard. If we disagree with what's written, then it's not what is written that's wrong, it's us that's wrong. There is no second option. There is no, well... Maybe if it's out of touch with today's society, then it can't be what I feel has got to be right. And it's not. If God is our standard, 
adding to or taking away from or altering in any way is going against what God has written and saying that God was wrong. Now with all that said, all teachers are subject to this standard. We read in Galatians chapter 1, Paul writes, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now, and I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were trying to please man, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. And passages that hold teachers to this standard are written all over scripture. Another example is 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And there's more of these scriptures all over the Bible. Anyone who claims to teach Christ must teach what is written in scripture. And this includes me. I don't get a pass on this just because I have my own show. In fact, the fact that I have this podcast puts me out there in the public domain as a teacher. And therefore, if anything I say is contrary to scripture, adds to scripture, or changes scripture, then I am a false teacher and I should be held accountable. So don't think that because I'm saying this, I'm trying to put myself above anybody or that I'm exempt from this rule. I, like anyone who claims to be Christ's teacher, is under the authority of scripture and I am only to speak what scripture speaks. Again, anyone who mishandles or teaches contrary or does not teach the whole counsel of God teaches falsely and we're to call those people out. And that's exactly what Javon does on this track. Now, before we break it down, let's get into our verse for this track. We already heard Javon read most of it in the intro to this episode, but I'm going to read it again, and I'm going to read it from the ESV. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. It goes like this. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And note here that the people that Paul is talking about aren't people outside the church, but people inside the church. We know this because in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul wrote this, But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having an appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions. Always learning 
and never able to arrive at knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men corrupt in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. If you notice, it said those people have a form of godliness, but deny its power. The world doesn't have a form of godliness. Even other religions don't have a form of godliness because they're not proclaiming the right God. These people will be claiming the God of the scriptures, but they'll be denying its power. These people will be always learning, but never arriving at the truth. In other words, these people will be saying they know God. They'll always be talking about scripture and reading the Bible and even praying, but they'll never arrive at the truth because they're denying God's power. And that power is the gospel. See, the size of a church or the size of the following of a teacher is not a sign that they're blessed by God. Because as we just read, people will put into place those who tell them what they want to hear. But these people are never going to arrive at the truth. Alright, so let's get into this song. This is already turning out to be a long episode, and I haven't even started the verses of the track. Therefore, instead of studying every point that Jovan makes in each verse, I'm just going to highlight some things. In the first verse, I want to start off by highlighting the fact that he mentions false teachers should be silenced. In Titus chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, Paul writes this, For there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers, and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. They must be silenced, since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gains what they ought not to teach. He's not advocating violence here, so don't get all wound up. But he is saying it is the job of the Christian to call out those who are teaching falsely. The second thing that he mentions that I want to highlight is when people say God will bless you with money or God wants you to be rich. When nowhere in scripture does it say anything like that, especially if you take the verses where people claim it does and put them back in their context. The example Jovan uses is the letter in Revelations to the church at Smyrna. You can find that in Revelations chapter 2 verses 8 through 11. And I'll read the whole letter. And to the angel of the church at Smyrna, write the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. Hold on, let me pause right there. What does that sound like? If you flip on over to Matthew chapter 5, you'll find the Beatitudes of Christ that he taught in his Sermon on the Mount. One of those is, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is pretty rich, right? But it's not on this side, it's on the other side of the grave. So, in this letter to the church at Smyrna, when it says, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich, he doesn't mean that they're poor, but they're still rich. He means that their riches are going to be found in heaven. So back to the text. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich, and the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer, Behold, behold, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. So, even though we may encounter hardships and poverty on this side of the grave, we know that our hope isn't found on this earth, but our hope is found in heaven. And those riches are better than anything we can get in this life. The last point I want to highlight from this verse is Jovan says sinner coming to Christ for money is idolatry. This is truth. If you're coming to God for money, 
You're using God as a tool, as a means to an end. You don't worship God, you're worshiping your money. You're worshiping wealth, you're worshiping health. You're not worshiping God. You're worshiping what God can do for you. Jesus says in Matthew 6:24, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will devote to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. When you come to God, and you come to him for the purpose of receiving, you're not serving God, you're serving that thing that you're trying to get. Remember that. Now on to verse 2. In verse 2, Javon talks about some bad doctrines. Again, I'm not going to go into detail because he mentions so many, and each one of those things is an episode in itself. And like I said, this show is already running really long, and we just got to the second verse. In fact, since we're going long anyway, there is something I do want to mention to you guys. Keep in mind that this show in itself is a summary. It's, it's a flyover. It's not an exhaustive study. My hope for this show is twofold. For one, that encourages you to go and find some good Christian hip-hop, some Christian hip-hop that's grounded in the word, that teaches sound doctrine, that's always pointing you to scripture and pointing you to Christ, and that you listen to it, and you listen to it often, because when you're going through troubles, when you're going through hard times, and you need a reminder of the gospel, music is a powerful tool, and if you're listening to good music, you're always going to be reminded of God's grace. The second is, each track I cover, covers some deep theological truth. And while songs are good reminders, songs aren't good for deep, full, rich understanding. What I try to do with this show is go to the next step. You hear the song, now what are the scriptures behind the song? What is the idea behind the song? And that's what I do in each episode of the show. However, there's only so much I can do in a short period of time. If you really want an exhaustive study, take the scriptures I give you and go research them on your own. Pick up a good commentary, read that. After you've done that, pick up a good book that covers the subject in detail and go read that. So my hope is that this show will be a compass, a guide, something that encourages you to go deeper in your theology and deeper in your understanding of Christ and his word. With all that said, There are three doctrines that he mentions that I do want to briefly touch on that he mentions in this verse. The first is that Jesus is fully God and fully man. This doctrine is known as the hypostatic union. Yeah, it's a big word. Jesus was not God, and then he came to earth, became a man, and then when he turned 30 years old and got baptized by John, he became God again. Jesus was not the spirit brother of Lucifer. Jesus was not a man who lived such a good life for so many years that God decided to promote him to son. These are all heresy teachings. Jesus is God, and at the same time, Jesus is man. And it's not 50-50, it's 100-100. Another teaching is the doctrine of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. One nature, three persons, all co-equal, all co-existent. To deny this is to deny the essential characteristic of God. To say that we serve three gods who sit side by side is wrong. To say that God was the Father in the Old Testament and then became the Son, and then after Jesus ascended became the Holy Spirit, is wrong. That's a heresy called modalism. To understand the character of God, you have to understand the Trinity. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Spirit, and the Spirit is not the Father. 
this idea is clearly taught in scripture. The last one I want to touch on is that we're saved by grace through faith alone. Salvation is by grace through faith in Christ alone. You can't earn your salvation. You can't ask for your salvation. Salvation is given as a free gift. And there's nothing we can do to earn it. And there's nothing we can do to encourage God to offer it to us. It is his grace that has saved us. And scripture is plain on that. If you want the full list of doctrines that Javon touches on, listen to the track yourself. These are just three that I picked out because I feel that these are the three he highlighted that are the most essential to the Christian doctrine. And if you deny any of these or teach anything contrary to these, then you are teaching false doctrine. In the third verse, there's only one thing I want to touch on, and we mentioned it earlier, is that false teachers must be rebuked and must be silenced. We're going to go back to Titus 1, but this time we're going to read the verses before and after verses 10 and 11. Here, Paul is describing the qualifications for becoming a pastor, or a teacher, or an elder. It reads, starting at verse 9, He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine, and also to rebuke those who contradict it. For there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. They must be silenced, since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. One of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. That's what Jovan is doing in this track. Essentially, he's taking the role of teacher or pastor, and he's rebuking those who are teaching falsely. This is perfectly within his right to do. In fact, this is the mandate of all Christians who are sound in their faith and sound in their doctrine. So don't let others keep you quiet about false teaching. If they say something like, well, he's helping people, he's bringing a positive outlook, you tell them, he's not helping anybody. Those people are going to hell. And after his message, they're still going to be going to hell because they haven't heard of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. They haven't heard of the good news of Christ. If people say, judge not lest ye be judged, You tell them, you're not judging them. The word is. You're just proclaiming what the word says. You didn't write it. You're just an emissary of Christ. And all an emissary can do is give the words of the king. See, it's God's standard that we follow. It's God's standard that we're accountable to. And he's given us that standard in his written word. Anything outside of that, added to that, or contradicting it, is false teaching. And we shouldn't stand for it. Now that didn't cover everything in this track, like I said. This is already a long episode, and he covers so much and is so dense that it would take two or three episodes to really fully get through everything. But I want this to be a springboard and a compass that encourages you to listen to the track and look up these verses that I gave you and see what if I'm saying and what he's saying is really the truth. That wraps up this episode. Unfortunately, you can't find a link to get this album right now. Currently, Jovan McKenzie's website is under construction, and you can't pick up this album on iTunes or Amazon. 
but if you do a Google search, you'll be able to listen to this song. Remember, for a full list of scriptures that I use in each episode, head over to unpackingthetheology.wordpress.com or check the podcast feed. As always, if you have any songs you would like us to unpack, please leave a note in the comments section or find us on Google Plus or Facebook. Just search for Unpacking the Theology. We hope you can join us for our next unpacking. Thank you and God bless. Chapter 4 Second Timothy Chapter 4